Welcome to the Bad Cody Funky Preview Podcast, everyone. Tonight we have with us Booster Greg. What up? TV's Casey. And hey. Muted Menace Dave Breyer. Yo! So this week, guys, uh, for the preview podcast, we're talking about the Fantastic Four because of reasons in 20th Century Fox and not Marvel. Marvel's first family. Not quite Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but close. The movie about Marvel's first family, not by Marvel. Yep. I heard rumor today. I forgot where I heard the rumor, actually, um, from my co-workers talking about it. I didn't really look into it more, but they're talking about how... Um, I guess they want to trade a, a Deadpool sequel... For the rights to Fantastic Four to Marvel, that is not equivalent exchange at all. <laughs> that is not. No, it's not at all. <laughs> wait, who are, wait, who are they trading with? Aren't they both owned by Fox? Deadpool's Marvel, I think now. No, no, no it's way. not. It's Fox. Hey. They got Colossus, Colossus in that trailer, in baby. Ah, gotcha. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> Rumor debunked. Yeah, because they were talking about it. I'm like, uh, I was like, right, like walking out the door while they're talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I don't think this holds water, but still, anyway, I'll just bring it up at some point. That's like win-win. That's like, why not make it happen? Give us a Deadpool sequel and move the yeah. Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Although Deadpool can be can be made by Fox and then just show up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, I think. like In terms of explaining, it would just be like, a, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Just break the fourth wall. Even even if you had to explain it, you could just change his origin where it's not Weapon X; it's just the Super Soldier program. Not even Ooh. that, because like just like Greg was saying, he just shows up and they're like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Oh, Fox thought it'd be a good idea for me to be in these movies, so there you go. Oh my god, who's Fox? <laughs> um, the guys who made my movie. Your guys are part of Marvel. You guys don't. You know what? Ne- never mind. Let's just let's just go on with what we're doing. Just forget it. <laughs> There's a man with a typewriter. So how amazing was uh, <laughs> that movie in 2005 with uh, Jessica Alba? Uh, amazing. Uh, Jessica Alba was like the only saving factor really? in that movie. Even still, she Really? Just... What? No. Jessica yeah. Alba was the saving no. grace of that whole nah, thing? Nah, bro. Only because she was good to look at. <laughs> so here's, for me, the... Uh... <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> she is good to look at. Not necessarily. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Blonde Jessica Alba. I'm more a fan of Idle Hands Jessica Alba. But that's that's neither. Sin City, yep, Sin City Jessica Alba. Yeah, and of course the shoot <laughs> Michael too. Chiklis. That's a good one too. Oh, My yeah. favorite version, Detective but, um, Scrooge. Michael Chiklis, me, Family Guy. I also like the version of Michael Chiklis swinging around a stripper pole. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You're banned. That's it. Someone take away his microphone. Okay. Uh, for me, the the original movies, um, they, what was yeah. it, 2005, you said? Was it really that long ago? Jesus. Um, I feel like we should just name rename the Bo- Bad Cody Funky podcast to the Let's Make Us Feel Old podcast. Because that's like every week we're just like, fuck. Yeah, we sing, that was 10 years ago? Little by little, we realize how much older Holy we're getting. Shit. And it's like nails one more, puts one more nail in the uh, coffin. 
Well, any, anyways, what what that movie really got right for me is the relationship between uh, the thing and the Human Torch. It, it was like the thing didn't look the best, and at the time, the Human Torch looked pretty good. But just like the relationship, how Johnny's always giving him a hard time, and just like you know the back and forth, and it's almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I've always found. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like I, I understand like how the Fantastic Four they're really about like kind of like cheesiness or like fuzzy a uh, funniness in like their comics. But the movie was just so bad. Like every single thing, even like Johnny Storm's character felt like like it was overdone. They like really like they they basically told him like, look, we need you to make this character over the top. So. If you have, well, that that's that's Johnny Storm. He's like a thrill seeker, and he's over the top. But like way over the top. It's like they over, over, over the top. It was just like, just annoying. It gave me like a headache. I couldn't even finish the fucking movie. Like I, I always felt Chris Evans' portrayal of Johnny Storm was he nailed. Yeah, it. yeah, I did. Too. I did too. I mean, I agree. Probably because I'm not a big fan of the movie, but like the, the, I mean, of the comic series. But like, I had to right, right when he did the whole like. Um, Oh shit! When he's like basically naming all like the all the people in the Fantastic Four, like oh that guy, he's he's a thing, yeah, a big thing, yeah. Like I had to stop watching the movie. I'm like, I'm done. I can't watch this anymore. This movie's shit. So like, again, the only thing, and I even forgot Michael Chiklis was in it just because of how much I don't want to remember about that movie. And again, the only saving grace for me was Jessica Alba because she goes on screen. I'm looking at her and it's like, yep, this is no bad. It's not not that bad anymore. All right, she doesn't have to talk. You, I just look at her. You get to see her in her underwear. She's just invisible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Use your imagination. <laughs> what I liked about the movie, um, actually did like. Uh, I don't know. The, the the origin part was pretty cool. Um, I think they did do Johnny Storm right, and uh, for you know for what it was, Julian McMahon as Doctor Doom. When he when he was you know before he turned into the Doctor Doom Doctor Doom we know you know from the comic and everything like that it was it was like okay whatever we we get that you know you're a dick but afterwards they had the look I mean they had the look for Doctor Doom you know they yeah. should they should have totally I don't I don't know why they don't do this just have the look for Doctor Doom and get the guy who does the voice acting for the Marvel uh, video games so that guy who does the voice for Doctor Doom is amazing and. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a couple of guys. You can get uh, you know, Clive Revel, the guy who was like the original voice mm-hmm. of Palpatine. Also, mm-hmm. he uh, he did the voice for Doctor Doom in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and mm-hmm. he he killed it. I mean, he he had this very pronounced European <laughs> presence. <laughs> like you know, like halfway Dracula, but like definitely, definitely on point about it. Do you do you know what I noticed about uh, Doctor Doom and the the original two movies? Or more so, I guess, the first one. The second one, they kind of fixed it. He couldn't pinpoint his accent. He didn't know if he wanted to have an American accent or a European accent. And it swapped. Yeah, I was like, uh, maybe he was becoming Eastern European. (laughs) I was like, just make up your mind. I mean, if you want to keep him American, give him like a Fraser accent. Maybe maybe he picked it up after all that time he was in the shipping crate being sent back to Latveria. It was before that, though. It was like literally in the beginning of the movie. He sometimes he would uh, he would talk like this. Other times he would just talk normally. It just didn't make any sense to me. And it was one of those things when I when that movie came out, um, and I was a mere in my my youth of of twenty years old. I was more forgiving of those things because for me it was more about the visual fights and and you know the the payoff at the end of the movie, which you know the both those movies kind of kind of well I mean the first one not so much but the second one definitely gave me what I was looking for in terms of the Doctor Doom fight. Yeah, I, I mean you know you lift it straight out of the comics, steals the power of the Surfer, 
yeah. goes, goes to town. I mean, there. You know, if you talk about like some of the most famous Fantastic Four stories ever, you ask any fan, that's got to be in their top three. Oh sure. Or probably yeah. maybe even number two, right after uh, their encounter with Galactus, I which mean, again for, is in the same movie. Yeah, I mean, for for all the flack that the the second the Rise of the Silver Surfer gets. I still think that was the best portrayal of Doom that we yeah. had. Yeah, and the Silver Surfer is pretty far. dope, too. The way they did him, that was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, Doug, Doug Jones cool. is the body and uh, Lawrence Fishburne is the yeah. voice. It's just it's just well done. Like, whenever they do that, and it, Hollywood does it very rarely, I find, but when they do, it works. Like Darth Maul, for example. You know, like Ray, Ray Park was the body, but I don't remember who the voice was, but it wasn't him. And it sounded like P- so P- deep Peter Serafanowicz. Yeah, what it's, is it, uh, it's Peter Serafinowicz. Oh, really? Isn't it? I Peter I think Serafinowicz. it was. Unless I'm crazy. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a comedian, but it's um, I mean, you know, for for what lines he does have, I mean, he I the one line he has. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what does he even say in the movie? Does he just go like Jedi? At last, we'll reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have our revenge. Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. Or no, he also says. Before that, he says something about going to going to uh, tattoo. Yeah, so they should do that for mm-hmm. for for Doom. Give him the look that they did for for this like horrible, terrible 2005 version. But have the guy who did the voice in Marvel's yeah. Capcom 2 for Doctor Doom, which is a huge, hugely for a lot of people, especially in the fighting game community, uh, the the criticism force of Doctor Doom. Yeah, like you have no hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's so <laughs> epic. Oh my god, I, I love and and just for the fact of uh, you know whenever he has so many good lines and uh, you know like whenever he faces Wolverine, he says. Uh, I'll make you wish you were, were facing Magneto or mutant scum. And it's just the way he says it is amazing. Just, just have to have that costume and just mutant scum. Like it's so good. It's so powerful. Just do that. My God, please. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I would really like to have the, the voice of Megatron. from. <laughs> yes. Wow. We asked David <laughs> K. To I the did voice not see that coming. That's amazing. Wow, <laughs> you know, like especially in my head when I look at some of the comic wheels or even just anything when I think of uh, a good voice, it'd be. I mean, it'd be good to recycle anyway. The um, the actor in Fringe who played the Scarecrow in Arkham. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John John Noble. He, John Noble would be because he sounds like he, especially him when he speaks, he has a commanding presence, and he sounds like a doctor or a professor or something when he speaks. You know, yeah, yeah. and he has a very low voice that just carries and yeah. just. Oh you yeah, know? He, he has a villain's voice. Exactly, yeah. he could be. A, I would think Absolutely. he'd be an amazing voice for Doctor. He's Doom. the kind of actor that's just sort of inherently nefarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I agree absolutely. Like, and for the movie, I can't fault the movies for not getting Doom right because it's really fucking tough to do because he's like. What he has like magic, he has mysticism, and he's like a master. He's of a robotics so- he's and a sorcerer, Iron Man. But his yeah. so much of his story is tied into both, and and he's a ruler of a country, and you know, like like how do you? I was going to say I do movie? fault them because they have millions of dollars to figure it out. But it, it is like, the only way that I think they could figure it out, and this is kind of like a newer thing that they they're introducing in the the DC comics. Uh, cinematic universes just start it in the middle of everything mm, that doom that's, is already that's doom. the that's really the only way you could explain it without normal people going to see this movie being like what like his mom yeah. is like she's bargaining with satan but it's the guy's it's not satan it's a guy named mephisto and then doom blew up his own face or maybe he didn't like and then he got thrown out of college and then he took over a country and then and then and then and then 
It, yeah. You would drive yourself crazy. Why is he in the Alps <laughs> now? Like, you'd have to do his whole backstory as, like, a bunch of vignettes, you know? And with the Fantastic Four, like, you don't have to do too many cutaways. You do them getting into the shuttle, them going into space, them landing, them crashing, and then immediately their powers activate once they get back on Earth. Like, that's right. something that you could do quick. But with Doom, it's like, you know, you, you go through your Batman montage. He's training mind and body. He's training magic. He's training science. I mean, yep. it's, you know, there's so many facets to He should, to like, honestly, like, for something that intense, he should have, like, his own series of movies before they even introduce oh him God. into, like, a, an actual... A Doctor bit. Doom origin movie? Yeah, like, give him, like, two or three movies so, so you can see, like, how he progresses and what he becomes. I mean, that that would be genius, actually. Do, like, do like a phase one, phase two, like, with the Marvel movies. Just... To introduce this one character into his full potential, so people understand what's going on with the guy, and then yeah. he, can, he can pop in somewhere else, like in like another Fantastic Four movie or God knows where else, where he pops in. So while, while I would absolutely love to see a Doctor Doom trilogy, uh, that's the kind of thing that gets my body all tingly. Um, Greg absolutely has the right idea in that you just do it. You set you set everything where it already exists, and this is a problem that. You know, it doesn't matter what comic book movie it is. We're tired of seeing the origins we've already seen. Yep. Just throw it in there, and the audience will accept it. If you establish Doctor Doom as what he should be, a European dictator who is a master of magic and science and hates Reed Richards, you can show the reason why he hates Richards later, but you don't need to show how he got where he is. The audience will just accept that this guy exists in this world. I mean, and if he, if it got popular enough and things like, like you know, people wanted to know, I wouldn't even do a trilogy movie. I would do like a HBO miniseries or like a Netflix miniseries. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, Netflix would be like where you want where to be at. Something, something like that, like where it would be. I mean, it would be dark as fuck, but it would be awesome. Or even I would love to see like the Master of Doom storyline that Mark Villar wrote um, as a as a Netflix series. Are you thinking? Are instead of Books of Doom by Ed Brubaker because I think that one more likely well, I, lends itself to uh... that one I hadn't read but I heard good things about but I I just know that I had I read uh, Master of Doom and correct me if I'm wrong that was the one where he like kills himself he yeah sort of <laughs> it's it's wacky like he he ends up traveling through time and he fights like a megalodon but yeah. he, he ends up living for like a thousand years and becoming. But then he just kind of ends up back where he started, so it's... Yeah, but it's he's, like, very, way more powerful because he lived through all that. Yeah, it's just a very, very strange story, though. I was I was not a huge fan. <laughs> Leave it to the writer of Kick-Ass and Wanted and yes. Civil War. There you go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, the, the first Fantastic Mo- Four movie actually does get a lot right. I mean, we've already said that it nails uh, Johnny and the Thing. Um, Doctor Doom, not so much, but, I mean, it, it frames it you know, in a in a way that's mostly true to the comics and then approachable to a regular audience. Yeah. Um. And I would never say that it's a bad film. It's just kind well, of. Well, I, okay. I would say his look. They got his look right. You know. Yeah. I mean, they've got yes. the mask. I mean, if if you go back and take a look at the uh, Doctor Doom's mask and his cloak and everything, like even the color and just just the way he was built, I was like, wow, for live action, this is really really good. But yeah. Hey, it beats Roger <laughs> Corman, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything else they severely falter, but yeah. I mean, I think the problem they have is they're trying to make these movies for everybody. You know, like it's just it, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I know, but the to. thing is, I mean, well, not really because Deadpool's rated R, so 
Right, but I mean that's that's gonna appeal to more than just comic book fans as well. Like that's gonna uh, uh, it's gonna appeal to anyone who has a low brass. Exactly, but you know my, my whole thing is is that like uh, like I work in marketing too, and I know you got to try to get as many people as you can for for your product, but at the same time, it's like market the movie and make the movie for people who are fans and the fans will bring muggles ordinary people who don't read or watch or care about any of this stuff into the theater and fill the seats and that's what happens like you know my two sisters who don't care about you know this stuff pretty much like i I, i'm the one who brings them in and they love it they enjoy it every time you know a new superhero movie comes out they're like so are we going or i'm like yeah yeah this one's gonna be good let's let's go see it you know and that's how you fill the seats you know, and the movie turns out great. You know, sometimes no, sometimes yes, but yeah. And yeah, I, 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 just, also... I just see yeah, my, the end, to end that little part of the rant. I just don't like how they try to market it towards everybody. I, I think they, they just don't get the point across. Yeah, well, I, I think to your point too. There, at least in this day and age, there are a lot more comic book fans than there have been in oh, the yeah. past. At least in my opinion, like I feel like all of these movies have really made it more socially acceptable for the people who are kind of self-conscious about it and like, well, I want to read comics, but they like read it like underneath their covers, with the flashlights and I don't see now it's a lot more like if you like go on, you know, and go on the subway in Boston, like I can see a bunch of people like reading graphic novels or comic books, whether it be on a tablet or whether it's just, they have the actual book. Um, and that's what I used to do. Like when I had to commute into town all the time back in the day, like, just bring like you know my bag full of like two three or four graphic novels and that would be my commute for yeah. three or four days and you know if you don't like it you you know you're reading 50 shades of gray so fuck you <laughs> 50 shades of doom i did not see that coming at all <laughs> like wow i oh. i said some anger in there greg you have a story to share like this there's someone there's someone no i mean like i mean for me like people can judge me all that all they want it doesn't bother me none like i know what i'm reading is awesome so, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I think that, like, now it's, you know, you see a lot more comic book hero games, uh, cartoons, shows especially. And it's a lot of these people who maybe never consider themselves comic book fans watch these movies and go, oh, wow, like, I'd love to see more of this, but I can't because there's a movie every there's mm-hmm. two movies a year. And that's all I got. So they go into the source material and they dive in and they, they become comic book fans. Yeah, Marvel Studios is an absolute uh, testament to that. I'll say that's kind of, kind of like how it happened with um, with my girlfriend, Jen. Like, she never really was a big... It's similarly, but never was a really big, like, Star Wars person. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I was really into it. And she introduced like to one race, the, the Twi'leks. And she liked the way they looked, and she did some research, Wikipedia, and all that stuff, and she really got into it, and she she told me shit about the races I didn't even know, you know, so it's like, or same thing, like with, um, she wanted to be Black Canary one year for, for like, Comic-Con, like, to, to cosplay as it, because she was watching, like, Arrow or something, I forgot what she was watching, but, um, she saw, like, the way Black Canary dresses, and she's like, oh, it's not really that cool of a costume, then she found the villain she fought, she found the Huntress, and she's like, wow, the Huntress is amazing. Holy crap. She did like all, she researched everything about the Huntress, her backstory, who she was, like being Bruce's daughter. And it's just like, and you're right. It's like when people really get into it, they're really going to get into it because the story's there. The comics already have the story. And it's just that many people look at it or read it or whatnot. They just see it as a comic. They don't see it as the, the story driven sagas as we see them as, or as you and Casey definitely see them as. Yeah. Uh, I do know that 
personally, I find it a little unfortunate that the Fantastic Four movies, um, you know, that we've seen have uh, have not been great enough where it would endear people to want to just dive right into the comics. Yeah, because well, there I mean, are. I mean, if I have to say anything about Fantastic Four as a an ongoing, you know, book that's being written over the course of what fifty three years now, it's been pretty consistently like like a great great read. <laughs> a Richard read. from all the way back <laughs> then. Ah. Yeah. Yes. There's a great read and it's also a great Yep, it's book. a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, great would thing. Say, would, would you say it's fantastic? It it is well, for the most part, up up to about the nineties and then it gets a little weird and the invisible woman wears this like crazy stripperific outfit and <laughs> yeah. people die and come did, back. With, with, did, did you say strippers? circle? I, I said stripperific and outfit. That's when Dave's tune is a tune. Yeah, that, there yeah, you go. She, she's really? got a uh, it's it's weird. I remember uh, reading a wizard magazine article about some of the worst costumes in comics and they showed this one and I had never seen it before at the time. And uh her costume is blue and white. It's got like little cutoffs on the thighs and the upper arm. But then there's like a cleavage window, like Power Girl, but it's in the shape of a four. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right after I think Reed was thought dead. And oh, of God. course, Namor, like the Submariner, swoops in and tries to get a little piece of that invisible action. Oh yeah, it's so it's just it's horrible timing all over the place for that costume. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I don't know, like for for me, Fantastic Four is always been kind of one of those hit or miss titles because I think a lot of people who tune into these movies that don't necessarily start off liking the source material, like like gritty stories, right? Yeah. And I think that's what they're marketing the newer movie as is like this gritty, dark story. And that's a it's a, kind of like a blanket effect on everyone. Like who doesn't enjoy a gritty, you know, moment or a gritty movie yeah. or TV show every now and then? Well, it's it's gritty, but it's also gritty without being like. I was going to say, I was gonna say you know what the the, the right. older generation. I was right. talking to some people. Uh, um, let's see, how do I date these guys? Um, Forty years old up, and they generally. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was talking to to a group of them. There are uh, some of my, uh, my my relatives and some my relatives' friends that they were saying oh, it was very interesting how the movies have taken this dark and gritty turn because when they were growing up like you know all the superheroes Batman, Superman Fantastic Four the Flash you know they were all you know you know bright and cheery and you know like with Batman it was all like na 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 hey guys it's Batman time and now it's all you know right and, and like, now it's all like you know like, like Christopher it's all you know it's all, it's all dark and yeah. dun dun you know it's all Crazy. So, so, so they're saying how they don't really care for like the dark and gritty like look of the movies, as opposed to me. I was talking, well, I, I like it. I like the how, how it's not campy and it's not all sappy and everything. And they're like, yeah, but like that's what made it really enjoyable. And I was telling them, well, to me, that's what makes it really like boring. I mean, we've seen that for how many decades now? Like, you know, how many how many renditions of these movies and comics and TV shows we've seen? And they're all like, doo doop 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 doop. Spider Man. You know, it's well. <laughs> 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 I think it's mm-hmm. all cyclical, right? So, like, you know, in the the 80s, we had Frank Miller really coming up with, you know, Dark Knight Returns and all that grit and all that, that dark kind of storytelling. And then in the 90s, it went way overboard. You know, like, everyone was wearing leather with, like, belts that had no function. <laughs> um, and then it kind of, like, people got sick of that. And then in the early 2000s, it kind of went back to, like, a lighter feel. And now, like, you know, past, I would say... 2008 or when was uh batman begins was that 2008 06 no 06 
I don't know. Well, around that time is when it really started coming back to being like really dark again and really gritty. 2005? Yep. There no. Wow. Jesus. Everything that happened in 2005. Jeez. Um, but I, I think we're going to start getting the lighthearted stuff back. Like, I mean, Marvel's already kind of starting it. Yeah, I mean, they're murdering the multiverse, so you don't get much more lighthearted than that. No, well, I mean, in their movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah, Ant-Man, totally. You know, Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and there, Avengers, there is a bit of... Avengers of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, I mean, that's that's more the darker end, but I guess it it is a bit lighthearted as well with Quicksilver and uh, Hawkeye's quips. Um, but it, it's just interesting to see these trends, especially in comic books, that kind of happen over time. And Fantastic Four hasn't really bought into it too too much. You know, they've always just kind of been them, which I appreciate. Yeah, I've I've. Yeah. I've it's never heard uh, someone who's a fan of comic books say, oh, I love the Fantastic Four. Someone's like, oh, Spider-Man's cool. I love Batman. Uh, Green Lantern's cool. I don't know anyone who's a Fantastic Four fanatic. A Fantastic Four fanatic forever. <coughs> well, I, have, I have an entire wall dedicated in my apartment <laughs> to the Fantastic kidding. Four. Well, I, so, Silver <laughs> Surfer, really. I mean, he's, he's my boy. But uh, I've always loved the hmm. FF. I mean, it, it all really depends, too, like, on who's writing it. Like, for me, I'm a big fan of certain characters, but I'm more of a fan of, you know, the writer and the treatment of it. Like, Jonathan Hickman had a great run on yeah. Fantastic Four, um, where, like, everything pretty much happened from, you he, know... The, he wrote that book for about six years. Yeah, like, the, the multiverse meetings of the Reeds, to the death of Johnny Storm, to the, you know... Doctor Doom double fisting Infinity Gauntlets. <laughs> yeah. You have no hope. To Johnny Storm being brought back to life. <laughs> um, so I, I think it really does depend on the treatment and and how serious the the writer takes the the gig. You know, I do have to say though, thinking back to the Fantastic Four movies from back in the day, um, they really could not have picked a better person to be Thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, especially with, after, with, especially after seeing him like in the shield, and seeing how he was gonna be thing. It's like, oh, they picked a. I mean, he he looks like the thing without. And Reed Richards, I, I think know? Reed so Richards like, too. He looks like Richards. Oh yeah, yeah. He was good. Yeah. Well, the good thing about Chickless is he is a fan of the Fantastic ah. Four as a kid. I didn't know like that, that. Really, that is always yeah. nice. Oh man! Yeah. And I remember reading that. I think it was in Wizard magazine, and he had said that the thing was one of his favorite characters as well. So when you know this movie came up, he was just like, "I, I, I must <laughs> be a part of this." Yeah. And obviously, because you know of how he looks, there's only one character he can play, <laughs> and it's and it's Herbie the robot. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Herbie! Did you guys hear about Herbie? I know Casey has. What I mean, I know, I know who he is. Were they ever planning on putting him in the film? No, no, he's never in the film. But I was just wondering if Casey, <laughs> I mean Casey, if Serge or Dave had uh, ever heard of it. Heard nope, of him. nope. So Herbie was a character. Was it in the '90s, Casey? No, he's been around since the '60s. Okay, so it was. Um, then it was the original Fantastic Four cartoon. Kids were lighting themselves on fire because they wanted to be like. The wow! Universe. Holy crap! That's so. They replaced him with with a little <laughs> r- annoying robot. So they got rid of Johnny and they replaced him with Herbie, the robot. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my god. I don't know if kids were actually lighting themselves on fire. That, that's what I heard. That's I, I that might be a myth. I know. <laughs> Flame on, baby. I know that there is a very famous Fantastic Four story that John Byrne did that dealt with Johnny Storm dealing with a fan who was bullied at school because his favorite superhero was the Human Torch and he set himself on fire 
you know, as like a, like a, like a, I guess almost like a, an effigy mm-hmm. for him. And he was just so worked up about it, he almost quit the team. Dude, there's like an SNL ske- sketch about that also from like back in the 70s with Dan Aykroyd. It's like he's being interviewed for like, um, for some type of like talk, talk show host, like a message reporter. And he sells like really, really bad or messed up um, Halloween costumes. And she's like, so net, your top seller is the Human Torch. And all it is is just a, a gasoline-soaked rag. Can you explain that? And that's – and, yeah, it's just him, like – and he's, like, all, like, classic cheesy-looking, like, a leisure suit and, like, a bad mustache and glasses. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, if kids want to be the Human Torch, they just light themselves on fire. And it's just – it's hilarious, dude. That's the first thing. As soon as you said that, I just saw the yeah. sketch mess in now. Like, so, so, yeah, Casey, you're right. I'm re- reading the Wikipedia right now. Yeah, um, I, I feel like there definitely would have been a more public outcry <laughs> if kids loved the Human Torch that much. Also, I'm pretty sure the Human Torch would have had his own book. Yeah, well, so <laughs> if he was ever is, that. This popular. is what actually happened. When the Fantastic Four property was made into an animated series in 1978, the character of the Human Torch was in, unable to be used, as at the time the character had been optioned separately for use in a solo movie, which never materialized. Damn. Wow. Yeah. A popular urban myth contends that the torch was replaced due to fears that children might attempt to emulate him by setting themselves on fire, but that is not true. Ah. That part's that. That's the more interesting story, though. Da 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 da. The more you know. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if they were going to use Johnny, uh, Johnny Storm, or if they were going to go for Android. Android. Human Torch. Yeah. The the only Human Torch that has joined the Avengers. <laughs> Despite the other members of the Fantastic Four at all different points joining the Avengers. How awesome would that be, though, if like we got to see you know Michael Douglas era Ant Man, but like Human Torch in there? Oh, I would. If you made the Fantastic. Did you did you guys know that Peyton Reed, the guy who wrote Ant Man, was working on a period piece Fantastic Four film? Did I talk about this? No. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you talked about it on a podcast, but we had talked about it. Oh yeah, Peyton Reed again, the guy who wrote uh, or half wrote Ant Man or directed it, one of the two. Um, and we all yeah. love Ant Man, and it was great. Yeah. For a time, I guess before uh, Simon Kinberg and. Um, What's his face? Trank were working on this new gritty Cronenbergian Fantastic Four. Uh, was apparently working on a 1960s period piece that would introduce the team. Hmm. Which already sounds like a good idea because we've seen what a period piece superhero film can look like at least twice uh, in The Rocketeer, a World yeah. War Two one, yeah. and Watchmen, of course, which is both World War Two 1960s and 1980s. Hmm. So I personally would have loved to see that because a lot of this, you know, a lot of the early Fantastic Four stuff where they're dealing with, you know, conceptualizing super science and, you know, being, uh, I don't, I don't actually know my, I feel bad being a history major, but I don't know if the Fantastic Four were in space before Yuri Gagarin was. I don't know. It may be like the first, it's obviously not the first space flight in in, in fiction, but they may have like just beat the Russians into space, like in like a publication form, which I always thought was kind of cool. Um, Cause you know, the, their whole origin is based around the space race. And to put that on film, I think would be very striking. Oh yeah, I agree. I can see that. Yeah. But you know, a, a totally missed opportunity, you know? Um, but if, uh, you know, if, if we do want to make a quick mention of the new movie, at least just based on what the trailer looks like, uh, so far, um, I was actually a big fan of the the darker, like almost grittier take. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just because having read, I want to say almost every issue of Fantastic Four that there's ever been. I know I've I've read at least forty years of it total. Um, the book has never gotten to the point where it's like dark and scary, like a horror movie. Um, which this one almost seems it could be just based on the way they describe the tone and things like that. Um, and it's it's something that I I think I like that they're trying to break new ground, and that is really the only reason why I would give the movie a chance. Um, that they're not trying to rehash the same thing, that they're not necessarily doing something goofy and lighthearted, that there is a real sort of artistic vision for what they want to do here. Yeah. I don't know. How did? What were your guys' impressions on the trailer out of the gate? Uh, right at the gate, um, you know, I, mean, I thought, okay, it's, it's not marketed for, for for kids like we were talking about, uh, so it had a, a bit bit of a grittier feel, and I thought I was pretty much I was in, interested in in it more because it had this darker version, a bit more serious. Like we're we're gonna really, you know, show you the characters. We're gonna, you know, do good this time to give you guys the, the you know like the movie that you want, as opposed to the other campy stuff that that seemed like you know Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, made for TV movie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the trailer I thought looked interesting enough and looked different enough, and Doom looked pretty menacing, and uh, then the reviews kind of hit, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to see this, but, you know, like, we, we had already agreed that we're going to do it on a podcast, so I, I think that's the only reason why that I ended up, like, being okay with seeing it's it. It's the only reason money. we're seeing it. We're doing <laughs> it for you, people. We're doing it for the fans. Um, had it not been, I probably would have just waited for HBO yeah. or something like that. In all honesty, but I mean, like the the initial trailer was just kind of like, at first I was kind of unsure, and then the more I watched it, the more I was like, all right, you know, like this, like I'm gonna have faith in Josh Trank. Like I loved Chronicle, and you know, it's it like yeah, like give the guy a shot, and then you know now we we get to all these reviews kind of pouring in. Just watching it, looking at it, just be like, how bad could it be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the. Th- can't be as bad as oh Catwoman. god let's not even and on that note we're definitely <laughs> ending because we have run out of time ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in oh, <laughs> to no. the bad kitty funky preview podcast of fantastic four stay yeah. tuned as uh thursday is our main podcast day at 9 30 eastern standard time on twitch.tv slash bad cody funky and listen to us on itunes just search for bad cody funky and uh head on over to bad slash podcast to hear our past podcasts we've got a couple of really good ones where we talked about star wars ant-man etc a couple of um, other really good ones that uh people have you know tuned into uh so tune in next time this has been tv's casey hey booster greg what up dave yo and i'm sergio thank you guys and we'll see you later or we'll see you another time or never or we'll see you never